Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, a very warm welcome to you. Um, warm and delicious and toasty welcome to you. It's Cop On Podcast. My name's Owen. I'm more than humongously delighted. I'm humongously over the moon to be joined by Dave from Dave's LFC Chat back after a long hiatus. How are we, Dave? I would say I'm fantastic, but I'm not. I'm... Um... A little bit down in the dumps after the weekend, getting over COVID, but I'm sure there is brighter lights ahead, my friend. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We'd be okay, but we've a lot to talk about, my friend. A lot to talk about. We've got a lot of complaining to do, and I, and I feel justified in doing so. I'm also thrilled beyond all imagination uh, to be joined again by Ryan. Ryan, are you equally uh nonplussed by uh what ha- what's happened did it dampen has it darkened your mood has it dampened your sponge it, it did for a little bit yeah uh but uh for reasons we'll get into a little bit later i'm, I'm actually quite chipper about the whole affair we're gonna be just fine we're gonna be just fine i i um that's one way of looking at it and it's uh, presumably you're looking at it that way ryan because you're seeing this as just a blip and uh, nothing more serious. Is that right, Ryan? So I'm trying to take in the bigger picture rather than just focusing on the one game of, of looking at you know how pre-season, including the Community Shield, has gone so far uh, and also factoring in the performance of uh, the women's team uh, who played yesterday, who I could not be more impressed with at the minute. Mark Beard and his mighty Reds look like the serious business this season. We're going to talk about the women's team. We're going to ask you all kinds of questions um, as uh, you know as we get into it. And, and I'm so glad that they're they're doing well. I, unfortunately, I've, I've missed it, but it's not that I don't want to watch it. I really want to watch it, but I've just uh, too many things going on, as happens in life. Um, but let's get back to the to the to the Fulham match. I mean, the only way that there can be lingering doubt for me, Dave, lingering doubt. Is was this a result? Because uh, we'll get into all kinds of stats, but the most shocking one to me was I looked at last season's average passing accuracy, uh, and each one of our starting eleven, including Alison Becker, was significantly lower in just passing the ball to their teammates. For example, I'll try and bring it up on the screen if I can for those who are watching and i'll just explain it for those who are listening allison last season his passing accuracy average was 85 percent against fulham 76 percent okay trent alexander arnold last season his passing accuracy average was 78 percent and against fulham he managed 58 percent and it gets like it gets worse i'm not going to go through the, the entire list but every single person trent was the worst defender being 20 percent lower than average so my question to you dave is is it just a one-off and we're going to learn from it or have have we been overcooked by both last season being the longest season ever and the grueling preseason, which has seen lots of our players drop like you know drop like flies 
I think you can throw everything into the pot and give it a good story. I think you, absolutely everything comes into it. I mean, our players are getting older. They're a year older, especially in the midfield. Um, but to be honest, that team we put out should have been good enough to beat Fulham nine, probably nine times out of ten. That was the one out of ten. We didn't beat them. I, I mean, you can look at stats all day. I mean, at the end of the day, we just didn't turn up on. We didn't. Too many players, too many top players did not turn up. You can get away with one or two not playing well. But you look at that there. Everybody didn't play well. And when everybody doesn't play well and you're coming up against a, a team that has won the championship, they're at their, they're at home, it's a sellout, it's a lunchtime kickoff, one of our favourite times to kick a ball. And the crowd are up for it. Their intensity was there. We did not read the Pep Linder's book. They obviously were shown pictures with it in the training ground, but didn't read the bloody thing because they had the intensity. Fulham had the intensity. So... I mean, yeah, stats are one thing, but look, we just didn't turn up on, and is it a blip? I think it is. I mean, you look back over the last four or five years, we, we only lost two league games last year, West Ham, Leicester away from home. We didn't even lose the game against Fulham, by the way. I know it sounds like we did. It feels like we lost the game. Draws are almost like losses because of the way City and Liverpool play. You know, you cannot even afford to draw games. They beat West Ham 2-0 away fairly comfortably. Haaland looks like he will get a lot of goals. But we can only concentrate on ourselves and you could see Klopp was not. I, I've never seen a more controlled anger interview at the end. He looked like he wanted to explode, but knew he couldn't. And I've never heard him say the things, few words he said, which I've never heard him say before. Like even after Champions League finals or games where we've lost, he actually more or less said the effort wasn't there. Now for Jurgen Klopp to come around and say the word effort wasn't there, the sentence, I think is huge. I, I, that's the first time I've ever heard him say it, especially in our good last three, four years where we've been usually blown teams away. First game of the season, you have to set down a marker. I, one word is just disappointment. I mean, I, I just, I mean, and the biggest disappointment for me was when it was 1-1. We'd got to 1-1. We'd done all the bleeding hard work. We, we, we got to 1-1 and everybody, I'm sure, in the ground or even the Fulham fans are thinking, I hear Liverpool is going to kick on now and win this 2-1, 3-1. You know, and then to give away that silly penalty. There's one or two players that followed the course for that. Whether it was a penalty or not, I think it probably was a penalty. But I think that was the kick in the teeth. To get it back to 1-1 after being, should have been out of the game. 1-1, you have a chance to win it now. Let's go, guys. And we still just went backwards. It's a little bit of a worry in the back of my mind on. And Ryan, it's a small worry in the back of my mind. I mean, we, we seem to be letting teams in early and scoring against us. In the last few games, they've scored. You know, it used to be really, you know, watertight at the back. We're not as watertight, you know, as we used to be. And that's a little bit of a worry. But um, I, I listen, we've Palace next. We probably, probably hammered them United as well. So I still think we'd be okay. But there's a little worry in the back of my mind there. You know, the midfield just did not function. Those three did not function. We need an Abbey in there. We need even a Curtis Jones in there. We need just something different to make us. It's too static, that tree. You'll get away with it in certain games, but it's too static. We need someone with a bit of fluidity, a bit more, you know, going them and a bit more forward playing them. Everything is just across the box, passing. There's no real... The midfield is very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. And that's a, lo a long, a very long answer to a very short question. But um, very, very disappointed. <laughs> very, very disappointed on no, you're welcome to to you know go go for your life as they say you know spit out whatever you know spitballs need to be spat. 
whatever chewing tobacco you've been chewing on, you need to, you need to, we need to, you know, vent at these kinds of times. I'm leaving the passing accuracy stats up on the screen for now, and I'm going to go to you, Ryan. There have been several scapegoats on several of the many millions of podcasts that I have listened to since um, the final whistle uh, the other day, two days ago as we were recording this. And a lot of them centred around Jordan Henderson, um, his passing accuracy last season. The average was 85.5%, whereas against Fulham, it was 14.5% lower. So not as bad as Trent's 20% lower, but he is the second worst offender in the team. I thought Hendo... Um, he actually made one or two nice passes, but his his passing range was was really off. You could tell. Um, I don't want to call people out though, because the thing that worries me more, Ryan, is the fact that Fulham just generally looked more full of beans. You know, they were full of all kinds of beans, full of full of the three bean mix. In a, I get in a can around here. And, you know, Liverpool was still farting out the baked beans that we used, you know, that we ate to celebrate the victory against the Community Shield. We, 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 we weren't as quick as they were. We weren't as quick to the ball. Nothing summed that up more than when they hit the post in the second half. Virgil made a very poor clearance very lackadaisical clearance and um darwin nunez who was excellent when he came on he had just come on and he was waiting for the ball to come to him so reem the defender ran around darwin nunez and just got to the ball first and that summed it up even though darwin was excellent and i'm not gonna you know he was the absolute shining light he was burning bright but it was the fact that they wanted it more as the cliche says they were more up for the game and it's like we were like oh you know surprised by that in a kind of gormless way and we didn't react to that we didn't match them for wanting to get to the ball first right that was my main problem well what what do you wish to vent about or complain about oh okay so um i'll do me venting first so first of all yes we were pulled um it has to be acknowledged i think we were a little bit undercooked uh due to our growing pre-season schedule uh not necessarily just in terms of families but in terms of the way we train um Klopp is renowned for absolutely monstering the players during some of the pre-season training camps i think dividends for that will pay off later in the season i thought the referee was awful all game. Um, he, he seemed to get caught up in in the hysteria of the day. Like Fulham fans in there up for it, understandably good for them. But the ref seemed to just be willing to to give them whatever they wanted. At one point, uh, uh, Ricardo Pereira, Pereira, that was his name. No, he's the Leicester fullback, uh, Andreas uh, Pereira. Uh, Andreas Pereira, yes. Um, he he goes down clutching his face, trying to make out Matt head butted him. Should have been sent off for that. That was disgusting. He was like Rivaldo in the World Cup. It properly got under my skin. The the level of theatrics, the level of simulation there. It was a disgrace, and I don't care what anyone says, that's not a pen, that's a dive. And yes, there's contact, and it's still a dive. And sure, we'll, we'll have to take this on the chin, but I don't want to hear any other fan from any other club ever turn around to me and go, oh, Mo Salah, he's Bollocks. Like, 
That was so bad. And yet, VAR has a look at it and gives it the ref's way. Have you seen them giving? Yes. Does it make it right? No. Uh, so I was annoyed at that. Now, I think we've probably played Fulham at the very worst time to play them when they've just come off a season where they've walloped everyone in the championship. They're, they've still got the tails up and they haven't had the beating. We were off our game. We were poor. Uh, and and as, as a result, we've come away with a, the result that we didn't want uh, in, in terms of a draw. But I think in terms of the training that we've already done over the summer, I think that will start to pay off over the next couple of weeks. Bear in mind, if this was any other season, we'd still be in pre-season right now. So I think we're struggling to adjust to that change. And out of every single team in the Premier League, I would say that we need to be at the absolute peak of, of sharpness more than anyone else because of the way that we play. Everything we do is on a knife edge between the high line, the way we pass, the intensity with which we press. It all requires you to be at 100%. And if you're not, well, the last time we, we were, and this is going to be a bit hyperbolic, so sorry, but the last time we were as bad as we were at the weekend was when we got battered 7-2 by Villa. And that was because we just didn't have the intensity. I had exactly the same thought today. Yeah, the lack of intensity throughout the team. But is it something that you're concerned about? Because, you know, like I'm a warrior, Ryan. You know that. I'm a warrior. The, gla- the glass is neither half full nor half empty. The water in the glass has been laced with something poisonous, in my opinion. So, you know, you have to... I have to try and keep my, my, my anxiety into check in check, excuse me, occasionally. But does it not concern you too that because of the preseason, because of the 68-game season or whatever it was we had last year, we're not ready for this because we need more time off. And Pep's approach to preseason, which was to only play two preseason games, was actually the wiser uh, way, or um, obviously, I'm just reading way too much into it, and it's too early to tell. I think if I've learned anything from last season, it's that stressing too much about this is not good for you. So I'm just out to enjoy what I can. So whilst I was initially annoyed at the various things that annoyed me throughout the game, I'm taking the positives of James Milner's performance off the bench because I thought he was majestic when he came on. Like, why won't that man age? Like, I am younger than him and I am shot. Uh, getting up the stairs oh, is a nightmare. But James Milner just keeps getting fitter uh, and is just amazing. Uh, Darwin Nunes, when he came off the bench, looks amazing. Uh, he's, he's a bag of tricks and invention. And we can go into a bit more detail about that later. But Harvey Elliott looked bright when he came on. Uh, and, and whilst we were poor, especially first half, we did get better as the game went on. And had it not been for that dubious penalty decision, um, putting us back down, uh, but putting us back a goal down, I still think I, I think we would have come back and got the got to two one had it not been for the pen, um, and had the game gone for another five or ten minutes, we'd have probably got a third. I'm not worried. Um, I think against Palace will be better. We'll we'll have had another week to to get together to train to to get some tactical stuff done. Um, but the future's still really bright, and let's just enjoy this while we can. I like it. Some very sage and and level-headed advice there. Thank you very much for that. Um, but you're going to hate me for this. I thought it was a pen. I thought it was a pen because there was definite contact in the knees. And yes, he might have flumped to the floor like the 1970s. Children's program, The Flumps, but um, Poodle, wasn't it? Poodle from The Flumps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and for all the many of you who've got no idea what we're talking about, that was a beautiful impression of the theme tune by Dave. Absolutely magnificent. Dave, there were there were several refereeing things. We are going to talk about how shit the ref was for a little bit, because he was awful, regardless of whether you think it was a penalty or not. There was the Jordan Henderson thing. Um, you can't land on someone's ankle uh, and... You know, even if it's just landing on the ankle, if you're landing like that, that's a that's a foul. That's like heavy contact. Well, it takes the player out of the game. That's one way. It, it takes the player out of the game. Whether it's a foul, I think Klopp reiterated on it as well. The fact that it wasn't meant to be a foul, it was accidental, doesn't mean it's not a foul. Do you know what I mean? I've so got like, the laws in front of me here, Dave. There I, you I, go. I'd just like to read the definition. It was from Law, law 12. And a direct free kick is awarded if a player commits any of the following offences. And then there's a list such as handball or holding an opponent. But number three on this list is impeding an opponent with contact. And there were two moments, like there was contact and it impeded uh, you know, George, um, Jordan Henderson from running. Uh, the definition of impede, according to the Oxford Dictionary, because there are some pedants like me who would say, well, what do you mean by impede? The Oxford Dictionary defines it as delaying or preventing or uh, by obstructing or hindering. So there you go. That's the definition of impede. So Jordan, was Jordan Henderson impeded by via contact? Yes. And another thing that absolutely no one talked about, I, I had a, um, a shit ton of praise for Alexander Mola Mitrovic. But if you look at his hand, I think his, his left hand goes on Trent's right shoulder as he's jumping for the ball. And this is also impeding an opponent with contact, Dave. I think um, Sorry, Jan, I think it's nitpicking. It's nitpicking. I mean, old school 80s dodge. You've got to do better defending on the far back. But he didn't even jump. He actually jumped down. Trent's six foot. Trent's not as small. He can't. He, no, he didn't jump down. He was pushed down. Like, That's what I'm saying. Jump. There's only one angle. You, goes down. you ever see this jump? That jump. Look at well, that. If Look someone's back. pushing me, if someone's no, pushing no. me on the back. He, he looked behind him and seen Mitrovic. Your man's 6'2 or something. He, is he 6'2? He knows he's, he's going to be coming he's... in fucking behind him. Come on. He's got to be defending a bit more aggressively. Aggressively is the word I use. Back into him. Didn't do it. Doesn't matter. He was beaten on the far post. Look, Trent had a bleeding nightmare. Let's don't go, you know, if you want to talk, Trent had an absolute probably one of his worst games. You even seen his thing there it was a 58, 20% drop in passes. 58%. Pass absolutely awful. Terrible. And he kept giving the ball away. We were just building, he'd give it away, or he'd hoof it. It was like he was just getting more frustrated as the game went on and went on and went on. One good ball, actually, the ball over the top when it fell to Darwin and Salah popped it in. If you remember that one, the one over the top. Yeah. Exactly. But, but uh -huh. Trent of the game to forget, to be fair. Now, we all know Trent is brilliant going forward. We all know Klopp puts him in the team for his forward play, his balls over the top, his crosses, his free kicks, his corner kicks, his, his passing. We know there is a deficiency in his defending, except Robbo on the other side can sort of do both. Maybe not as good as Trent, but certainly defending is his first job and he should be doing a lot better. I mean, defensively, he's got to get a lot better, but that's what you do when you pick Trent, as I just said. Klopp's, he's in the team for his attacking prowess rather than his defending. We got caught a few times over the last year or two with some of his defending, and I mean, I'm not defending him, but I'm just saying, defensively, you know. He's got sure you his critics. 
defensively and you can see a few of them on the screen if your screens are big enough there i'll try and make this a little bit bigger for those of you who are watching um defensive stats are all here this is compared to other fullbacks in in uh, the top five leagues around europe this is via fbref.com and his pressing that's not his game so we can't hold that against him that means absolutely nothing he's only in the eighth percentile but that doesn't mean anything because our fullbacks don't press that's just our system tackles as well i don't think you can read much into tackles because it depends how much your team is under the cosh and where trent ends up i don't you know on the pitch he's he's more like a right winger or an inside right so, you know, like the he doesn't make many tackles. He's only in the 18th percentile. But that, again, I don't think you can read anything into that. His interceptions is very good, and you can judge him on interceptions. He's in the 80th percentile for interceptions. But then when it comes to blocks and clearances and headers one, he's in the 7th, the 19th, and the 11th percentile. All pretty bad. And it's not that he can't defend. I'm not going to carry on that boring narrative because that's what people think. You know, they un they underline it as Trent can't defend, whereas we can see here very clearly that, he, for example, his interceptions are excellent. But uh, it's something that we need to compensate for. And we've done so well uh, over the years uh, with having a, a Henderson Who's, who's been a lot more mobile than perhaps he is now um, over the years. And, you know, other players filling in, you know, dropping across, dropping back. If Naby Keita's playing on that side, he does a good job doing that too. Um, but Ryan, I don't know, are, are we now, is it more the fact that everybody had had a bad game that, it, you know, we didn't, have, we didn't manage to cover Trent's, you know, woeful game. It was the worst game I've seen him play for us. Um, you know, the fact that the rest of the team played badly didn't didn't cover up what they would have done normally covering up. Um, I don't know. Just, so, I don't know. Go on. I think Henderson having a poor game as in conjunction with Trent having a poor game is particularly damaging for us because you, you need one of them doing bits covering. You, you need Jordan covering in behind Trent when Trent gets forward. Uh, you need one of those two to, to be playing really well, essentially. And the fact that both of them don't play well is particularly harmful. Now, in terms of Trent's performance, like I know what you're saying there, Dave, about Mitrovic and he should do better. But I, I remember a similar a similar goal to this was I think it was Andy Carroll's first goal for us, where he just monsters over the top of Alexander Kolarov uh, and bullets one into the top corner, and, and that's very much what Mitrovic's game is, and it's not what Trent's game is. Like sometimes he's just going to get beat by someone who's better in the air than you. That doesn't mean you're a bad defender. No one spent years writing article after article about how Alexander Kolarov can't defend. The narrative only persists because he's the best right-back in the world and people don't like it. This is why they, they did it with Danny Alves. Oh, Danny Alves can't defend. He's the best right-back in the world and completely changed the way we look at right-backs at the time. Similarly with Trent. And yes, he's had a poor game, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Think there's, Good. A, there's a case Go for Trent to go in the midfield? No, I think he is the best right back in the world, and just let him be the best right back season. in the world. It won't happen this season. No, I, I, I not mean, this season. Progressively, progressively, even progressively, and not not until he's in his late thirties and his legs go in a similar fashion to Alves. But I'd I'd rather leave him in in right back and let him get you know twelve plus assists a season from that position while we're getting ninety points a season. He's he's unreal, and I think 
because of the, the persistent narrative around them not being able to defend, people go, oh, well, maybe we should change what we ask of them. I don't think we should. I think the standard that we have is so high that we, we almost nitpick in search of perfection. But it's a perfection that doesn't really exist. If you put them in midfield, you're not going to have the best right-back in the world at right-back unless you go and sign someone, I guess, or Conor Bradley's really, really, really good. But Yeah, but the, the flip side to that is, is, you know, would you then not have one of the best midfielders in the world? I don't know. Right, yeah, maybe. I think Trent could be one of the best midfielders in the world very quickly if he moves there because I think his game is, you know, ideally suited to a midfield role. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm, I, I completely disagree with you because I, I, I agree. With, oh. oh, he's disappeared, obviously. He wasn't happy I, with I, that answer. He wasn't happy yet. I, no, I, I, no, for those of you no, listening, Ryan just disappeared. I'm not saying it's this season he's got to go into midfield. I'm saying eventually I think Klopp has an eye on him in midfield in maybe a year or two. Yeah, but what about this, Dave? What about if, for example, with all of our injuries and things, we're going to talk about you know whether you think um, we need uh, a transfer or not. We're going to talk about that in a bit, so don't answer that quite yet. But <sighs> if, let's say, we do need a, a transfer this summer and you can either have a top quality midfielder for right back. 60 million, or you can have a top quality right back for 30 million, someone who's I mean, under the radar. In to, to cover for him. I know he's had a few injuries and stuff. He's a really yes. good 18-year-old Aberdeen Scottish young player of the year. Really excited about him coming in, but obviously he had a little niggle apparently when he came in from Aberdeen. And um, you know, he's still there. Millie can play there, Gomez can play there. Yeah, no, we've I'm got, not we've got cover. We've got cover. Klopp's not going to change it this season. But I'm talking about, you know, a really freaking good right back. I'm talking about someone who, you know, if it's the I Champions do. League final tomorrow, you you wouldn't mind seeing them play. If it, You would have little doubts, especially if it was an 18-year-old or if it was Milner or Gomez. You, you'd have an element of doubt if any of them <laughs> stepped in at right back. But I I'm not saying I know who, but let's say, for example, they're out there, this right yeah. back. Okay, maybe. and you had a choice. Maybe, maybe. Look, it, I, he's not going to change it anytime soon. Klopp likes the system. Robo Trent bombing on. You Van Dijk True. there. Eventually, he's Kanate when he's back. Yeah, yeah. The, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I don't want anyone to get the wrong uh, impression. I'm not. You know, it's just. I'm. I'm just putting it's some opinions, ideas opinions, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I just think, you know, maybe that could work as well as keeping them at right back. You know, Gary Richards simply says, keep Trent at right back. Well, there you go. Absolutely. Um, Gary also had a really good question uh, before or an opinion. Um, he's he's taken to referring to himself as one, which is excellent. And I thoroughly approve of that. He, he says one has to say that Bobby can never start again. Nunez to start next Monday and Liverpool will be champions. Um, so there you go. That's a big, uh, big statement there from well, Gary. He says that Bobby say, should never start for. No, I did say midweek Nunes should have started. Look back at me podcasts. I said Nunes has to start against Fulham, and the very yes. reason he had to start against Fulham was because <laughs> he gives us something bloody different. And Firmino does not give us what Nunes gives us. I think Firmino's a better, at this stage of his career, is a better 20, 25-minute man coming on. He's not good from the start on. He hasn't been good from the start for a good season. He just um, doesn't he, he doesn't have the dynamism. He doesn't have the energy. He used to have, obviously. He's older. So I cannot see Firmino starting more games. I mean, Jock is coming back hopefully in two weeks as well. So, 
But I mean, Bobby's a nice option to have. But I'd rather Bobby coming on last 15, 20, just to, especially with yes. the five sub to calm things down, take control of the ball, pure half hour, 20 minute full of energy. But he runs out of energy after about a half an hour. There's the gout thing we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Had he got gout, had he? Well, that, that was a rumour. And yeah. it would sort of make sense, especially with, with, with rumours coming out that the club are looking yeah, but to I mean, if possibly Klopp knew that, why would, he, why would Klopp start them if he knew he'd go? Because gout can go away and come back. You, you can have episodes of extreme pain and episodes when you're more or less fine. So if he was feeling fine, then Klopp would say, OK, go for it. But, uh, you know, it, it's just a possibility. I mean, I've got absolutely no credible information from reliable sources Nout. but it's just a Nout. rumor that came talking out talking about gout Nout. okay <laughs> well, exactly <laughs> uh but anyway um, ryan's just sent a message saying his phone ju has just suddenly died um but uh yeah so Rest just, in peace. Uh, <laughs> it looks like he's uh, yes exactly so there you go it might just be us for the moment then dave That's okay. but there you go um so yeah with, with bobby though i mean um gout or no gout uh he's he's been absolutely unbelievable for us but i i agree with you i agree with you there's I no sentiment Darwin... there's no sentiment to professional football there's no well, has been brilliant has been this liverpool you know we're, we're we're going for the league this year what happened was last year just losing by one fucking point is killing me it's killing you when you look back over historically being so close to quadruples and winning leagues and championship Got the fucking winner. You gotta win one of them. The one of the big two, I think. Champions League or league. FA Cups and League Cups are nice, but the league, Champions League, one or both I want. And you've got to start like a house on fire. We you know what it used to be the other way around. City actually starts slow and you know, take a while to build up. But we're already what two points behind. It's not the end of the world's only a game in. But you know, we gotta be beating Palace next game. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. We just gotta go rock and roll. And there's no sentiment. I don't think there is sentiment. There can't be sentiment in football. So why you sure? What good is that? You'd play any eleven you wanted just because you were good last year. You've got to play who's you know who's fit, who looks good in training, who fits the system. I just think Firmino was was a mistake. I, I would have had Nunes. I looking back at my podcast since last Monday. I said Nunes has to start. Everybody was saying Firmino. Yeah. Everybody. No, we said. Everybody said Firmino. Well, I mean, on on cop on there were there were a few of us on the call. I think it was four versus one in favor of starting Darwin after after Man oh. City. But like, it's let's talk about him because there, if there is a, a shining light, it comes from the star. When he's played now in in the champ in the, the Community Shield and in. The first game, he's played a total of about 60 minutes. He's scored a couple. He's made one. And some of the highlights, I don't know if you've forgotten already, um, when uh, he just came on, and apart from the bad bit of defending that I mentioned earlier, that was the only thing he did badly because just like a minute later, uh, um, you know, Diaz stole the ball beautifully, Luis Diaz. Darwin got in and then he played a poor pass instead of shooting. He played, do yeah, you remember that one? He, he just yeah. rolled why it across. Shoot? I don't know why he didn't shoot there. Oh, I don't know why he didn't shoot or he could just pass it. Like it was literally two minds, two minds. 30, 30 centimeter pass to Mo, or there was a, a two meter pass to, to Lucho Diaz. And I think that was, yeah, I think that confused him. I don't know. That's all right. It, it could happen to anyone. Um, but then the equaliser won. I mean, I mentioned before how, how Fulham were, you know, swarming, swarming like the bees in my auntie's garden. 
Um, and so Milner and Elliot found the way to beat it, which is just one touch from from Milner out to Elliot, one touch over the top of these advancing, marauding players, and the space is in behind them. It was for Mo Salah, and his cross, uh, that is for the goal, this is a, about a minute after Darwin, obviously, had that one that was saved as well, the same kind of flick. He the got very flick. lucky with the, the same thing. flick. The same flick, he got yeah. very lucky the second time, but it's just like for an impact, and, and we were suddenly like, I look back at the game today, and honestly, the impact of Elliot as well, it has to be said, and Milner. Yeah, even Cavalier looked they were, fresh when he came on. The old, yeah, the old, absolutely. Listen, Liverpool were so bad on the day that anybody came on and did anything, look fresh. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it was so stale. It was yeah. so stale. Yeah, no, but they did, we just suddenly knew what to do. And uh, I think, yeah, Darwin, he's he's got to start for the foreseeable future. I mean, you know, that's it, right? Start him until Jota comes back. I don't know. <laughs> what would you do? Start him until he stops scoring. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, even if Jota comes back, it doesn't matter. You, you start them. We Palace next at Anfield and then United away. We don't, they're all over the shop. But I think him against Martinez, uh, or Martinez at the centre-half, six centre-half, that should be really <laughs> interesting. And Maguire, be... don't forget. But, like, that's another day's podcast. That's another podcast. But, look, I mean, it gives us something different. I, I did say, I don't know what you've seen, I did another two podcasts last week saying that Darwin Nunes will score a hat full of goals. He'll have 20-plus Premier League goals. There's just no doubt about it. Salah probably even get more. Even It gives Salah space. You know, it, it's great for Salah. Salah got the goal, of course, with Darwin. Whether he meant that little touch to him, I don't know. But what 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 it is, he would score a lot of six-yard, ten-yard goals. That goal he got with the flick, six-yard area. The ball's across the box. We, we never had that. We always put the ball across the box, but there's no one ever there. I mean, there's nobody ever on the six-yard area in the centre of the goal. He will get a bloody hat full of goals. It's as simple as. And that that's the goal, the type of goals he get. That He'll try that flick again. He loves that flick. He'll get that flick. He'll get keepers fumbling, six-yard tap-ins, headers, corners. They're the type of goals mostly Darwin Nunes will score, I think. About 80%, 85% will all be like six-yard tap Gary Lineker-esque, you know, five-yard tap-in type things. But I don't care. That just gives us something different. That's great. Having a man there all the time in the six-yard area. Big fella, great in the air as well. So I'm absolutely over the moon from great start from great start because I think it's important as a striker to start well when you have a big, big fear on your shoulders like that, you know, when he's a young lad and to get a few goals early on. Nice, nice. Do you remember that one that he did when he was he was um uh he, he sort of rolled towards the goal and it what didn't have enough legs to go over the line? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reen, well, well, Reen, it would have went in only for the defender cleared it, even though exactly, it was it exactly. Went in. It went in, but yeah. do you remember how that chance came about? Because I didn't until I watched the oh. watched the highlights back. Help so the height it was just it was just um a hopeful ball by Endo. It was just one of those hopeful diagonals. And it was like it was too high and it was it was a curling one. And his first touch, he jumped, he leapt like a you know, salmon. like someone startled. Salmon. I mean, salmon is the way I was I was trying to find another image. I was trying to think about, you know, when I when I got electrocuted by an air conditioner in the N Nevada desert, I leapt. 10 feet into the air. So Darwin that's Nunes what happened. Darwin Nunes-esque. And he headed it up. And, you know, when you head it up, 
I mean, it's a great touch from a hopeful ball because it just gives you a little bit of a chance to do yeah. something. But then he used his his body, his absolute kind of mountain strength to hold off the defender and then bring that ball down. And then he was able to get the shot away that was cleared off the line. And that's just a hopeful ball forward. He's so amazing. Gary Richards says that he is ruthless in front of goal. Darwin has got guile. And he says Liverpool should and will beat Palace. That's interesting stuff. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, Dave. But before that, I'd like to ask you about something that Raz is talking about. Raz is in the chat. Hi, Raz. Really nice to have you with us. He says, I love Klopp, I love Klopp but he's being stubborn. We have a midfield full of Aquilani's. <laughs> there's a, there's a blast harsh. from the past. What, the Italian yeah, maestro? Okay. The Italian maestro. <laughs> Not exactly the Italian maestro. Mysterio. But... The Italian Mysterio. <laughs> Mysterio, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Now that was a mystery. That was a mystery sign, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a mystery one. But in the transfer window, so we've got uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, of course, Tiago, Cater. Jones, all of them out. Maybe one more that I've forgotten. Uh, we've got Fabinho, Henderson, Milner and, and Elliot. Maybe Fabio Carvalho in. Um, Klopp mentioned in post-match that he's, that he's tempted at least to go for another transfer. Do you reckon it's necessary? I mean, basically, I'll, I'll frame the question like this. How would you feel, how upset would you be if we didn't bring any any other midfielder in before the end of the window or right back, like I said? It depends on how bad the injuries are. I heard something today, Neil Jones mentioning that the Tiago got a scan yesterday and that it doesn't seem to be as bad as they first feared. Now, hopefully that's only a two, three week thing and not a two, three month thing. You know, if that's the case, that's not bad. But the very fact that he's got that niggle could you know the way it could happen again fairly quick. You're only back and it happens again. Ox is out till October. Nabby's Nabby. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Nabby Kate is Nabby Kate. I mean, he could get injured playing PlayStation. We know the story with Nabby. Um, we look, we've been talking about him at Matthias Nunes and these type players for months now. Do we need someone? It's unusual for Klopp to leave it so late. We've about three weeks left in the window. But he did hint at it last week. Even even in Friday's chat before the Fulham game, he actually didn't close the door on it. So I think they're working on something in the background. On I think they've been working on it for a week or two. I don't think it's just because of the Fulham game. I think he's been working on it ever since the Ox injury, I think. I think the Ox injury knocked him back because that's a fairly serious injury. That's an October job. I mean, even if he comes back sometime in October, we're stopping again in November for the Bleeding World Cup. So you need someone in there. So I have a feeling we might dip in. The question is, who do we dip in? I'm not saying Jude Bellingham. I don't think it's a Jude, 100 million Jude Bellingham, 100 million plus. I think it's it's more like a swap or something like that, or maybe even a loan or something. It won't be a big, big signing. But I, I do think maybe one more in midfield. It just it just eased a bit of pressure there, I think. Because as we say, I mean, Thiago obviously out for a little while. Hendo, Fab has had one or two little injury issues as well. Jones is out injured at the moment. Naby's sick. Ox is out long term. Jota will be back in a few weeks. I know he's a forward, but he's still got a bit of an injury and a niggle. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's a possibility we might bring someone in. But if we don't, I would presume that the injuries we have are going to clear up. And that's why the reason we're not getting anybody in. It's not It's not that we're not trying. But I, I have a feeling, just something in the back of the mind since Friday's uh, interview, if you watch it back, Klopp, 
they ask him about you know possibility he, sa- he more or less said it'll only be done if it's, if it's the right thing to do or if it's an emergency or something like that and it could be an emergency that they bring in somebody you know well it's I a mean, possibility I, mean, I don't know it's a possibility though it's more of a possibility now than it was you know even last week it's more yeah, of a possibility well, yeah Basically, that's a great answer. You know, it's a great answer. I totally agree. Um, but who would you bring in? I'm not saying who, who do you think Klopp would bring in. The the decision is Klopp says that he he needs uh, you know he needs to get some advice. And who is he going to turn to? But Dave from Dave's LFC chat. So he gives you. Oh, a call. Bring him. Klopp. Yes, go. That's go. right. Yes. Yeah, so right, right. yeah. so yeah. who do you want? Hello, hello, Dave. Hello. <laughs> that was my yoga impression. Not very good, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, look, that guy Matthias Nunes or Nunes, uh, I think it's Nunes off uh, Sporting Lisbon, looks good. There's a few German, uh, I'm sure we've he's got his eyes all over the German league as well. It's hard to say. He doesn't like players coming in disrupting the nice little group he has, you know. And they all went away playing table tennis and catching fish and stuff like that in Austria. And he likes that camaraderie, he likes that group, that brotherhood, that scout troop, that type of, you know, and if someone comes in this late and doesn't quite mix with the, you know, with the chemistry and stuff like that, it can it can go the opposite way and can ruin a lot. You can actually do more damage by bringing someone in, if you know what I mean, you know, in the long term. So I think he'll tread carefully, but there is a possibility within the next two, three weeks, someone might come in. But I, I'm not saying it's too Bellingham. I don't think it'd be that big of a sign. It'd be more low-key. I agree. I more agree. of a filler. Um, more of a filler. You know that type of thing. Yes, more of a filler, a poly filler. Alan a C's poly, in the chat. <laughs> Alan C's in the chat. Great to have you with us, Alan. He says we need a midfield boss. We have no one to put the foot in when a team, yeah, like like Fulham did. Uh, not a dirty player, just a tough guy. Yeah, I mean we've got Fabinho. He does that job very well. But uh, we, what's, what's your take on Fabinho's form over the last few months? Oh, I think honestly, I think it's he's he, he had one relatively poor game. I don't think he was as bad as some people are saying. I listened to the Anfield rap earlier, and Neil Atkinson was like basically. Yeah. I heard know, it actually calling him out and saying how bad he was, and I I, I, I wouldn't go that far at all. He was actually talking about a drop off. He was talking. He wasn't even talking about the Fulham. He was on about yes, a drop off since January, and I would have to see the stats. That's to back it up. I mean, that's the thing. It's like with that kind of statement, I just maybe he's right. I haven't noticed it. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, people's thoughts and words are influenced by minuscule things. Well, maybe, maybe if you're so, let's say for you example, see, they go to no, the but, games at Anfield as well, a lot, every game. So even the away games. Yes. Maybe when you're yes, at the game, true. you see a lot more on than yeah, you would true. on a match that's in a true. highlight stage show. That's the only good thing point. I would say there. Yeah, that's a very good point. But um, no, I was just I was just thinking that people's people's mindsets can change. I mean, let's say for example, we had we had one, two of the games that we didn't manage to win last season. Uh, one being the Champions League final, and the other one being one turning one draw Spurs into game, a victory, game, then we would have won the Premier League and the Champions League and the FA Cup and the League Cup. And the idea that after two games of the next season, you're saying that there has been a big drop off in quality in these players, it doesn't hold much water to me because it, you know. Like I think the levels, the levels of of let's say the, the midfield three: Thiago, Hendo, 
Fab, who seemed to be Hender in the Hender has been the biggest big drop. Thing. Yeah, the level Hender. has been so high that yeah. if any of them have a bad game, it looks like a, a Russian midfielder, Sergi Dropoff. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I yes. mean, though? It's a big drop-off. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I do. I know exactly what you mean. And, uh, yeah, but I think, um, I, think, I think that's it. I think, you know, people can can jump to conclusions. Maybe there has been a drop in form, but I, I mean, I can give you pretty good evidence about Henderson uh, that, you know, for, from last season as well, his, his, his role in a lot of the goals we conceded in, in, in the matches in which we dropped points in the Premier League, you can actually go back and look at, I mean, he's okay as a number six, but there's a lot of time, a lot of the time it, when he's at fault with either positioning or just an outright mistake that has, that that lead to goals, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, look, it's no use pointing fingers after that one game. We were so good yes, against exactly. City. We were so good exactly. against City the week uh -huh. before that it was like, mm -hmm. blow City out of water. Jesus, this is, you know, bam, we're going to win the first 20 games, you know. And all of a sudden, Everybody is about even Alan, even Van Dijk did not look like Van Dijk. Let's be real, even Matip did not look like Matip. Everybody, that's true, look, that's true. Like and we're right. And I know I don't you want know. to point fingers at, at particular people. Um, but uh, you know, it is if we're talking about the mid midfielders, I think we can get someone. I'd love to see someone dynamic and robust like Alan C was talking about. Yeah, course is in the chat. Hello, yeah, course. He says, Stephen Corker's coming back. Emergency loan. Yes, he'll shore it up. Gary Richards reckons James Madison uh, would would be would be better. Uh, you know, would improve our midfield or Tielemans. Oh, I disagree with you there, Gary. I think Tielemans is not dynamic enough for me. I want the dynamic dynamism as well. Would you, would you what, take Kante? Yeah, but Kante's finished. I'd love Kante, but I think Conor Gallagher. Is uh, is that kind of oh, profile? Yeah, he was really... on the Palace last year. He's back with Chelsea, isn't he? Not a bench. He is back with Chelsea, yeah. And uh, but I just think that kind of profile, who's just non-stop dynamo. Yes, Liverpool won't go, won't go for a Premier League player. It'll be, it'll be far, it'll be on the continent. I could not. Oh see yes, it. I'm sure. I'm you've sure. Got I'm your, sure. You've but got that, your 50% that, tax I'm talking about style. Yes. Yeah, but I'm talking about style, you know, stylistically, you know, someone like Gallagher or Kante who can who oh, just yeah. break up play and they go mad <laughs> and they can also contribute to the attack. Um, uh, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, of course, says what a fan wants to see from Fabinho might be polar opposite from what the boss wants. So to say he's dropped off is all conjecture. Yes, it is all conjecture unless you can find evidence uh, I country. totally agree with that. Yeah, that it's uh, you know, and it's all conjecture unless it's uh, you know, unless it's provable in in very. And there are so many ways you can you could try to prove things, but I think there would have to be a significant body of evidence to suggest that he's he's dropped off. And I I haven't seen. We'd it have yet, to get personally. CSI and sort it out for us because exactly the evidence. There's small bits of evidence, little an anecdotal. Is that the word they use for evidence? It's like a UFO I see in the sky. It was a light. Mm. I seen it. It was a light. It had flashing lights. Was it a UFO or was it a drone? Or a helicopter. Or a helicopter. Or a figment yeah. of the imagination. Could have been all them above. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I, I see, I see uh, UFOs, actually, speaking of UFOs. I see them about, it used to be about three or four times a week. And now it's about 
um i i saw what last time i saw it was a couple couple of weeks ago there's a ufo there's like i can see out the window i'm on the fifth floor and i can see sort of i've got a view over some rooftops and i can see the sky uaps uap ufos is not politically correct yeah oh i see okay because ufos unidentified footballing object (laughs) (laughs) yes it does yes it does um but, but but I see I see it and it's like a light and it because I, I see planes go past all the time right and because I can see the sky and the planes go past and their light is sort of you know that big but this is a light that starts that big and then it gets like way too big for uh, an aeroplane and then it goes back. It's like it's like it's like, a, it's like um it's a like lighthouse. a lighthouse beacon. Like a sort of beacon, but it flares. Yeah, but no, but it's just once. Do you know what and I want to say to you? Yeah. If there is such thing as aliens or whatever, UFOs, whatever you want to call them. UFO actually doesn't mean aliens. It just means they're unidentified. We don't know what they are. But anyway, let's say they are aliens. Why the hell would a, would um some sort of, you know, civilization that's maybe a million years, maybe 10 million years more advanced than us still be using yes. lights? <laughs> Think about it. it. Get much... When you're in space, no, I... you don't need fucking lights. I'll tell you that much. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to football chat in a moment, but no, this is a very interesting thing. This is a very interesting thing because, I mean, why would they still use radios? You know, we're transmitting all these things. To, and it's like, oh, hang on. Hang on, Slago Blaster. Let me just tune in with the transistor because I think these humans... Traffic light system. You have to have your lights on. <laughs> exactly. The best... The best... Um, the actually very best ever I've ever seen of a UFO on a film. I don't know whether you remember. It was an 80s film called The Navigator, oh, where the young guy you. is picked up in Florida, I think, by a spaceship okay. with all these mad animals on it. And, and the spaceship is a bit like Michael Knight's kit, where it talks to them in a million different languages. But the spaceship itself can change shape, unbelievable speeds. But it's just like a blob of aluminium or a blob of lead melted. But it blends. There's no lights on it. There's no even steps, chairs, windows. But it just blends in with the scenery, you know. That's the best oh, I've like ever seen. It. Yeah, like it. Yeah, good idea. But anyway, let's get back to football chat. But no, but that's very good. You're absolutely right. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, we, I mean, we've got to wrap it up anyway because we we've almost done an hour. Is that I want to thank everybody for for being involved, uh, Ryan, for being involved until his his phone suddenly, um, you know. The aliens capitulated. Got it. The aliens got it. Yeah, exactly. So I hope you're all right. Um, but no, we'll, we just to wrap up. We've got Crystal Palace next. Um, everybody needs a good shake or a very good lie down, or you know, a rollicking or an arm round the shoulder. Everybody needs all of those things, or one of those things, or none of those things to get them up for Crystal Palace. Um, it's going to be tough. It's at Anfield, but it's going to be tough. Crystal Palace are a tough team. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the team, if Tiago is out, obviously Alisson in goal. He will be out. Yeah, he'll be out. So Alisson Allison in goal. The, the same back four, right? Trent, Virgil, yeah. Yeah. Um, Matip and, and Robbo. And then in midfield... Naby comes in for Tiago. Naby comes in. He should be okay. So, so Henderson in the six... Nabby, that's the tree. Oh, sorry, Fabinho in the six, and, and, Hendo and Nabby. And, uh, see, I don't that'd, think that'd be my midfield tree. I, I, yeah, see, I would play, I would play Fabinho, Cater, 
and Elliot, and I would drop Hendo after that performance. Um, um, maybe Elliot was brilliant when he came on. And definitely, obviously, Mo Diaz Nunes, I think, has to be the three, doesn't it? I don't think you've yes. any choice there. Yes. Um, um, look, a bit of pressure. Got to win that game. We really do. First home game, you know, after dropping points in the first game, puts a little bit of pressure on. I would have liked it again quicker than to wait till next Monday. It's a bit of a wait for a game, isn't it? It is. It's going to feel like a long time. We're going to be five points down on City, aren't we? But by the time it kicks off, if we could have, we could have kicked off maybe before City, you know, on Saturday or whatever. But it is what it is. The guys can maybe take a good look at themselves and maybe gives a few players that had a bit of a niggle to get back. You know, maybe the likes of Jones will come back in. Obviously, Naby will come back in, and players like that. So in a way, it's probably a good thing they can look at themselves. Maybe get get to read the book intensity. And bring a bit of intensity. It gives them a week <laughs> to read the book. It does. It does. And uh, pull their proverbial fingers out of whatever holes they were stuck in uh, the other the other day. Um, Gary and Alan in the chat, they both agree with me that uh, Nabby, Fabby and Elliot, as Gary Richards puts it, should should start against Palace. But uh, a lot of chat about yeah. that, that, that Italian guy, Nico Barella, but... Barella, yeah, he wouldn't be for sale. Type of money, do you? I would love him. He's an, oh, he would be perfect. He's, he's Is that he not a dynamic... Aquilani, no? No, 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 have, no, no. We don't have a good hit rate with Italians. We just don't. Oh, no, but no, I don't like that, though. That's what loads of people say. There have been a lot of Italians who have come to the Premier League and done very well, like Paolo Di Canio. Not for Liverpool, but that's just luck of the draw. We could, you know, there's no, there's no like, I mean, had... Liverpool signed Fabio Cannavaro, for example. He would have been a big hit in the Premier League. He just never played in the Premier League, you know? So it's like, um, you know, it's 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 nothing... Uh, Italian players can play in the Premier League. Yes, yeah, they'd have to, a that. Premium, they'd need though, to be isn't it? The physically game. robust. I mean, it's just the physical robustness. I mean, Dossena didn't have it. Um, what, who were the other Italians? Aquilani certainly, didn't have certainly didn't have it exactly. So, so you know, you need physical robustness as well as technical brilliance. And I think Barella's got both of those. I think he'll be fine if we did, but I, but they won't sell him. That's the problem. No, they won't pay. But, I don't think uh, Liverpool will pay that type of money anyway. No, that's right. That's right. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, Dave, tell us about your, your your channel before we go because it's it's all kicking off over at Dave's LSC chats, isn't it? You're going stratospheric. Congratulations. Um, yeah, our Optimus Prime would say. Look, I'm just <laughs> floating away. I'm, I'm what less than fifty subs off five k. Wow. Less than fifty off five k. A lot of chats, a lot of fun, a lot of interviews, a lot of. I'm gonna do the odd watch along when I get a chance to. It just, it just. Time it eats up the time, you know all about it. And um, gonna be on a lot of podcasts, just Dave's LFC chats, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Join us on the journey. Get on the train. You never know where the train will stop next. The Amphi <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if any listener has not subscribed to Dave's uh, YouTube channel, then get on it right away. Let's get him up to 5k. Uh and I'll Two, two on, on, on the train. And uh, we're gonna, on the you know, journey, the Anfield Express. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, I mean, it's been so nice talking to you, Dave. And it was so nice talking to Ryan earlier. You really, you really helped ease my worried mind. I think um, we will learn from it. You know, this this team has, has shown over the years under Jurgen Klopp how good they are 
at learning from setbacks. And we, uh, we'll that's be okay. We'll we, we learn from this. We'll be okay. In Klopp, we trust. We go again we on. We go again we we, Palace Monday. We, we, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Yes, we're gonna, we're gonna kick some ass on Monday. And in the meantime, it'll be funny watching United uh, lose again because they, they were. I mean, that is a nice thing. Everton as well. Um, you know, it did, ease, it did ease the pain just slightly, actually. <laughs> it did. It does, then, doesn't it? It's like no matter what situation you're in, it ain't that. United bad. fans have got it worse. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> so. Yeah, um, thank you, thank you to everybody. All the best to uh, may joyful goats uh, dominate your dreams. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.